0: Welcome to Chris and Christ, a show about being redeemed and saying so. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm so excited you tuned in to today's testimony and transparency. Let's stay connected. Follow me on all social media platforms and anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Just put in Chris and Christ. Let's go. What's up, y'all? It's Chris. Welcome to the third episode of Chris and Christ. I was thinking, and I was like, all right, we had to start with kind of the conception of Christ in Christ, and that led to talking about obedience and doing things that God tells you to do. But I feel as if I, as your host, need to let you know a little bit about who I am and my story. So this episode is called Vanity and Insanity, to kind of wrap up who I was at the time before I met God. I'm going to tell you my coming-to-Jesus moment. I've had many, but this is kind of the one where I took it seriously and I was able to see the results. I'm in my late 20s now, but I've grew up in church for part of my life. And I say part of my life because my parents were divorced. So with one parent, I would be involved in church and would go to church, and that's something that was expected throughout the week. With the other parent, it wasn't expected. So I kind of lived my life wishy-washy with God um, growing up. So I was present at church, but I wasn't necessarily there and invested. When I graduated college, I had a really stressful senior year, and I really just wanted to get away from everything. I went to college in my home state, around the same people pretty much, and I met new friends. I just really wanted something new. I was able to study abroad in college and that opened my eyes to new horizons and my love for travel that I didn't know I had. Um, And so I was just ready to go and something deep down, and now mind you, I was not spiritual at all at this point, was like something about New Orleans. There's something about New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. I don't have family there. I don't have any friends there. But I up and moved um, as soon as I graduated. And it was a big leap of faith. But when I got there, I loved it. So I was extremely vain. Like, I'm 22, 23. I'm young. I mean, I look good. Like, I got a good body, whatever, in my own eyes. You know, I think I thought I was cute. You know, thought I was cute. And I was ready to live my life. And it's New Orleans, so it's like Bourbon Street partying and drinking all the time, like, And it's a place where all types of people come from all over and you're exposed to so much. And that came to take a toll on me after about a year and a half. Because by this time, I was using my good looks. I was lying. I was manipulating people. I would have people doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, at the snap of my finger. And I just had so much control. Um, I was definitely living like a hedonist lifestyle and I was the center of my world. But this was literally killing me, y'all. My habits, my drinking, my smoking, whatever else I decided to do was stripping me away. I was losing weight. I, I looked like I was just tired and stressed out all the time, but I just kept trying to do things to help me feel better. I got to feel better. I need to feel good. I'm stressing out. I have a stressful job. I'm in school. I, I need a release. I need an escape. So all these like escapist behaviors were starting to catch up with me to the point where I had to go take a test in the morning to get my teaching certification. i had been studying for the test for months. And the night before, I decided to wild out. And when I tell y'all I wilded out like I never wilded out before, Uh, I'm not to the point where I can give all those details, Mm. but just know y'all probably wouldn't even be listening to me if I told y'all what transpired on that night. But I woke up extremely hungover, extremely sick, and I never get hangovers by the way, but this morning I was so sick. I got up, I feel like a train wreck. I get to the testing center and I get in. They're like, oh, you're four hours early for your test. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) So I get in my car, I literally drive down the road and I stop and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. Who am I becoming? Who have I turned into? I can't even get myself together to take this test for the one thing in my life that I actually smile about. The one thing that I actually care about, which is these kids. I can't even get myself together for them. So that moment I was like, yeah, I need to get my life right. I passed the test, by the way, y'all. See, God be looking out. Even when you out in your dirt, God is merciful and he be looking out. In between this time, I went to therapy. This was not the first time I had therapy. I've had like three sessions, uh, three rounds, I guess, of therapy previously in my life. But I was able to find a counselor. And she asked me this one question. She's like, so what is, what is your source? Like where, where, where are your values? It seems like you're all over the place. And I said, You're exactly right. I can't answer you. I am all over the place. It's however I feel one day, that's how I'm going to make my decisions. However the wind blows, whatever I want to feel good, that's what I'm about to do. Whoever I have to use to get that, that's what I'm about to use. Whoever's feelings I have to hurt to get what I need, that's what's going to have to happen. Like, I did not care, y'all. I was so self absorbed. And it was showing. It was showing. The first day that I worked with my therapist, she did a depression screener and she gave me a couple of different um, questions to answer. And when she told me and I completed the questions, she was like, you have ranked super high on every single piece of criteria. You have clinical depression. Now, I've always been depressed since I was a teenager I've had depression, um, but this type right here was a whole different beast, and if you don't get a handle on things while they're small, as depression gets bigger and it stews longer, it affects you much harder. I felt so trapped, you guys. I felt like I couldn't escape. The only ways I could escape was drugs or people are going out out there is just a void you know i felt like solange like cranes in the sky i tried to drink it away i tried to sex it away and the, all of that i tried all of it and nothing was hitting nothing was hitting so here i am this girl working through her therapy trying to get out of this depression and then boom I got the letter that changed my whole life. So I put myself in a King Saul situation. So King Saul was the first king of Israel. The people had wanted a king so badly. Um, The country of Israel, they wanted a human instead of God to lead them. Problem number one. But anyway, problem number two was King Saul was accepted and loved so much as a king at first because he looked the part. He was tall and fine, like me, <laughs> I'm just playing, but he was tall and fine, and he looked like he would be a great leader. The People didn't care about what was on the inside of him, his character and his personality and his morals. They were like, oh yeah, he looks like a king, he smiles, he kisses babies, and he looks good. Let's put him up to the test. So at first, King Saul was doing a great job, and again, he's good looking he's got tons of military success and he's just winning in life right now what happens when we start to win we start to get a big head and we start to go ahead and do our own thing so he was doing stuff without God and God was just watching like hmm, all right I see you're doing things without me looks like you don't need me I'm gonna just go over here and when God decided to go over there that's when things got real. God was getting ready to replace King Saul because he wasn't doing his job. And it's like, dang, Saul, you have one job, which was to follow God as the people followed you. But then when I think about it, I'm like, well, dang, Chris, you have one job. And that's to love God first and people second. And I totally messed that up. I mean, I think we all do at one point or another and the good news now is that you know god's never gonna leave me like he's not gonna go over there he's always gonna be with me and like that's an amazing thing i can't get over it but back then god was like "Mm -hmm, i'm gonna let you get in this depression and i'm gonna let you get this uh they said the bible in first samuel 16 says that an evil spirit was on him And, you know, God controls everything. He controls spirits, too. So he was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, let this depression work with him for a minute and see how that happens. See what he does then. Did it bring him closer to God? No. What did he do? He did the same thing I did, which was trying to fill this boy and trying to placate how he was feeling with other people. So he calls David, and David plays the harp very, very well, and he is soothed by the music that David's playing and so since David could soothe him he decided to bring him on little did he know that David was going to replace him yada yada that's a whole other story that I would love to get into because I love kings they're like my favorite part of the Bible anyway with Saul he had the money he had the power he had the fame but he did not have peace and he did not have God and neither did I And so whenever someone could offer me something temporary that eased my pain, I would instantly recruit them, thinking that this would be a permanent fix. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Now, Saul did not get the picture. He got worse, actually. And then he was in a battle and was beat up pretty badly, So bad to the point where he asked his own friend to kill him. And the friend was like, I'm not about to kill you. And so Saul killed himself. And that's what happens when we go so far away and we think we can figure everything out or we can't see what's next. Because we are limited. You know, God's ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. And he sees the past, the present and the future all at the same time. Things that we can't see. And so Saul didn't see a way out. He had already turned his back away from God. I don't know why he didn't go back. I guess it was his vanity. Like, that's what pride does to you. It convinces you that you're invincible, that you have everything figured out, and that you can't be stopped, and no one else has the answer but you, especially a God that you can't even see. Why would he have the answer, you know? That's why... I really cringe at this whole self-made philosophy. Like, no, baby, you are not self-made. You may think you did everything on your own, but you did not. And God had to show Saul and me Mm -hmm. that fact. You know, but I didn't want to end up like Saul. And if I would have kept going where I was going, I know suicide would have been. It would have been it. It was not the first time I had thought about it. So I say all that to say, you know, one, we have got to deal with our own darkness. We've got to be honest about where we are, how we're feeling, what our triggers are, what we're doing to cope. What are we doing to cope? Because our habits make us who we are. And they're either promoting livelihood or they're not. Really think about that. Where am I trying to fill the holes myself? What is the real root of the issue? And am I humble enough to bring it to God and say, I'm sorry, please help me? Some of you may find yourself in situations where that's your last option like I was at rock bottom I didn't have another I don't think I had another way out I used my brain finally and I was like yeah I gotta do this it's either this or keep deteriorating and so I chose Jesus and maybe you haven't hit rock bottom and I would just ask you to consider this If you're still prideful and you haven't reached your wits end, just remember that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. So you can humble yourself before God has to humble you because when he does it, it's not fun and nothing hurts. Just saying. Just saying. Y'all are going to have to tune in to next week's show to see how God turned it all around and he didn't let me end up like Saul. That's a wrap for today's episode of Chris and Christ. Thanks so much for tuning in and I can't wait to hear from you again. Let's keep in touch. Follow me on all social media platforms at Chris and Christ. Until next time, remember, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of your testimony be blessed hey play my music